0: So we're going to start by reading from John chapter 15, which is a very cool chapter that I've been reading a lot out of lately. John chapter 15, Jesus speaking to his disciples. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Hurry up, Elmer. (laughs) Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Lord, it's an amazing word this. And it wasn't just for those early disciples who turned the world upside down because they walked into this truth and they believed it and they experienced it. And we are part of the fruit that comes from their vine. But we pray this morning that we would hear afresh that we are part of that vineyard. And the same things that you said to them are true for us. And we want to know the experience of that and the fruit of that. And so we just pray that you would work in the soil around our lives, that we would be able to participate in the promises of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to look at uh, two realities this morning, Um, I'm really, if, if you don't hear anything this morning, the one thing that's undergirding everything we're talking about and thinking about is participation and action. Participation and action, participation and action. And Jesus, being a Christian and being what Jesus calls us to be is so, so simple and yet infuriatingly difficult. And it is infuriatingly difficult because we find it so hard to believe. We are continually having alternative suggestions, which we might not voice, but we just live out. And we go, yes, but. And Jesus, uh, well, let me give you an example. If you went to a new country, if you went to any country in the world that you haven't been at, if you had gone with me to Uganda a few years ago, would you have, and you were given a choice, would you like to go to Uganda, land at Kampala Airport, and just kind of work out how you get to Kampala, and then how you go and see Pat, which is four hours away along a pothole road. Would you like to just be, you know, land in Kampala Kampala Airport, in Tebi Airport, and work your way toward Pat, under your own, you know, just with your own savvy and find out how to do it? Or would you prefer to have someone like Micah meet you at the airport and take you there? Which would you prefer? Most of us would probably prefer having somebody to meet us. Micah was a guy who came and spoke to us, and then I went and spent some time with him in his church in Kampala. It's a university church a few years ago. In fact, I've got a DVD I'm going to play you that he sent maybe next week or the week after. If you were to be given the um, directive to uh, plant a vineyard, an acre, let's say an acre of vines, would you um, prefer to just be given the vines in a big box and said, OK, plant them and produce wine? Or would you prefer to have the big box come with some big farmer who says, I've done this many, many times, let me help you. Which would you prefer? So, very simple illustrations, right? I prefer to have somebody who knows how to make wine come along and teach me and help me to show what I do I need to do, where do I need to plant these things. And yet when it comes to our own lives, it's like I'll do what I want to do. Because God really said, Do you understand that life is meant to be lived with me keeping you company? I'll show you the way, I'll equip you, I'll help you, I'll be alongside you. That's my intention for creation. I never sent you into life with a box of vines saying, I hope you work it out. I sent you in and said, follow me and I'll show you. And together we'll live this life. That's what he said. You and I haven't been, we're standing on the threshold of the rest of our lives right now. We always are. And our whole future is ahead of us. And Jesus stands and says, I'm meeting you at the airport. He says that every single day, every single moment. And then we complain because we say, God, why don't you help me? And he says, here I am. If I meet Micah at the airport in Entebbe, and I start mouthing off about where he should take me when I've never been there before, he's probably going to end up saying, either get out the car or listen to me. I don't like your attitude, John. If I'm planting vines and the farmer's next to me and he says, no, you don't plant them like that because this is what is going to happen, I say, I feel like doing it this way. Don't be so narrow-minded. He'll say, fine, do it your way, but I'm not going to have any part of it. And what Jesus was saying to his disciples when he said, I am the vine, my father is the gardener, and you are the branches, was really, very simply, I know about gardening, my father knows about gardening, we know about vines, you remain in me. He uses remain about seven or eight times in, those phrase, in, those pas- in that pas- one passage. I think if he uses it seven or eight times, he's probably suggesting we hear remain. I went to, when we were down in, in um, California, we went to the Napa Valley and we went to the vineyard. And you know, there's something remarkable. You go to these vineyards, it's still early in the season, so they're, you know, they, they, there's not a lot of green on them. But we went to one, I just like the name of it. It was, it was called... Uh, whoops, that's $65. Um, it was... Uh, Hope and Grace was the name of the vineyard. I'm going to be the vineyard guy. Hope and Grace. And they produced wine... And if you go through the Napa Valley right now, you see most of them, are the, the vines are in the, on the, on the, on the uh, supports, but they've all been trimmed back. And then there's some that have still not been trimmed back, and you can tell that because the branches are still there. It's amazing how much they trim back. I didn't see one vineyard where there's one vine growing. And what was interesting was when we went to this Hope and Grace place, they they showed us wine and said, let this, this is wine." And they said, "Well, this is a this is a 2006. It's got a bouquet to it. It's a, it's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that." And and the vine, you know, the, the 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 wine master was pretty proud of their their farm and their product. And I've reflected on this quite a lot, and I thought, you know. What if a church is meant to be a vineyard? And what if God the Father says, Jericho Road, 2009? It's got a nice flavor, it's got some mercy and grace to it, it's a hint of smoky sacrifice. Or what if he has. Two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten and it's in empty bottles. And he's got the labels prepared and he said I don't have any wine. This is what I intended. I couldn't find any grapes. Because the grapes that were there wanted to do their own thing. And you can't make wine out of three grapes that are very sincere. Because half the grave said, I don't need to belong to vineyard, I'm just going to worship the vine master. And I think Jesus in his teachings to the disciples was making some very, very, very deep truths of we need each other. We need each other for him to do in us and among us what we can't do on our own. Because he wants to boast about what he does. I am the vine, you are the branches, and apart from me you can do nothing. Imagine vines that are worried and fretting. wonder what that would look like. A worrying, fretting vine. I mean, all a vine does is abide. It sits in the t- soil, and it takes in the nutrients, and it produces fruit. And those branches that have got old branches are, that they come and trim them all off, which is really saying, let go of the past. And let me prepare you for a new season. The anticipation in that vineyard is where they're all trimmed off. They're anticipating new growth and they're anticipating a new harvest. And they go, the new harvest is much, much better when you've trimmed the vines. Some of us go, Lord, I want you to work in my life. just don't want you to trim anything off. I want to hold on to everything. Or if he comes along and says, you need to trim this off, this attitude. We get insulted and say, you make me feel like this. And we blame somebody else. We get all belligerent. And we get gnarled and woody and the fruit doesn't grow. There's a real basic simple principle with God. And that is, if you let me be the gardener and if you just abide in relationship with those around you, I will produce in you things you don't even dream of. But I'm going to do it to you together, not on your own. You need each other. Remain speaks to me of peace. It speaks to me of an effortlessness, actually. Remain means stay close to Jesus. Remain, remain means. What's our, what, what is the greatest curse of the vineyards in our day? It's busyness. Oh, I can't abide. No, 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 I've got too much to do. I'm busy. I'm busy coping. I'm busy surviving. I'm busy organizing. I'm busy quelling my anxiety because if I keep busy, then I don't feel so anxious. So I pretend that it's all making a difference, but really I'm still anxious and I just get busier and busier and busier and busier and busier. And Jesus says, peace, peace, peace. Do you really think this all depends on you? Because it's when you're remaining that you start seeing and hearing. Busyness makes you blind and deaf and a little dumb. abiding remaining gives you more acute hearing so you pick things up quicker you see the more acutely you see and the more acutely you hear the easier it is to go forward the blinder and deafer we are the more we frantically work around because we've got to make our way we all know what this is like and remaining seems so cool and wishful thinking come on you know How are you doing with the remaining? That's one of the reasons I say it every week, why we do soaking prayer. Learning to remain, learning to be in a place of worship and just let God speak to you, embrace you, equip you and fill you so that you can be the person that you are not naturally. You can't love others unless he loves you. You can't give away. You know the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea is the lowest place on the earth. It's full of water. I've been there, some of you have been there, and you sit in it and you float because there's so much salt. Imagine if your task was to take all the salt out of the Dead Sea so that living things could grow in it. What would you do? Some people would get around to desalinating the thing. Take forever. Do you know what the key to the Dead Sea is? Nothing goes out of it. If you wanted to get the Dead dead Sea to become a healthy lake, all you do is open up an outflow. And as the water flows through, it will wash it out and it will become a living place. In our lives, if we're not giving away things, we become deader and deader, even with the things of God. Too salty Christians become nauseating. You know, over-salty Christians with all the theory but no outflow just become irritating. Go away. It's all about flow, which is effortless. There are things in your life that God will encourage you with this morning that he says, if you just actually relax, I will. You, watch me work. If you actually just stop fiddling, see what I can do. One of the things I came away from this conference with was uh, Graham Cook talking about the importance of our relationship, but he put it in a way that I hadn't heard before quite as simply, and I really liked it. And I pass it on, therefore, which is um, let me get this thing. that God, God what He has done in Jesus, what Easter is about is God so loved the world that He sent His Son that all who believe in him, will know a new relationship with him and know the forgiveness of sin, which just is the barrier. And God has already declared through the cross and through what Jesus did on the cross that his love is absolutely unconditionally offered to all humanity everywhere. Everywhere in the world, all humanity. I love you. I have laid down my life for you. I've made a path for you to come into relationship with me. That is given to everyone. He's declared it, it is a truth. Right. The part that we have responsibility for is the relationship with him, the response. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about remaining. It's what we're talking about when we're talking about stepping into things. That God has created uh, the place for us to be. It's our responsibility to step into that place and stay in that place. And that's why we need one another, because every now and again we want to run away, or we don't show up, or we go, I don't feel like it. And we need somebody next to us saying, I'm tired of talking to you about your stuff. Let's just go along here and see if God can do something, because quite frankly, you're getting irritating. I think we need to be walking alongside one another and helping each other come to Jesus much more quickly, rather than holding each other's hands while we carry on and on and on to Talking about our depression or our despair or about this, which actually very often is just willful thinking and disobedience and belligerence, just looking like other stuff. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> Abide, come to Jesus and let Him work in you. It sounds simple. We're going to declare some truth today that I think are very significant for this church. Before we do that, I just want to quickly look at, and I really mean quickly, the, the entry into the promised land. Because there's a symbolism here that's really important. Those people had been in, they, they'd, they'd been in slavery and they came out of slavery to go into the promised land. And they, they, could, they couldn't do it because they were afraid of what they saw. And they spent 40 years walking around in the wilderness. And a whole generation died and then they were ready to go in the promised land. Now, the promised land was a gift from God to the people who were slaves. It was a gift from God to the people who were slaves. It was a gift of God to people who were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. The promised land was over here. It was a gift from God to people who were slaves. Why am I saying this again and again and again? Because the gift of God to the people who were slaves had to be entered into. It was over here. He he, enabled the, he opened the door over here and said, you may leave, walk. But they had to walk. And I promise you, as sure as I'm standing here right now speaking to you, that God is speaking to you about things that he is saying yes to you about. He's giving them to you, but he says you have to walk into them. And you're still sitting in Egypt saying, Lord, make me feel like it, make me do this and maybe do that. he says, I don't work like that. You walk in and you'll receive what you desire. I'm talking about all kinds of things. But this whole area of stepping into... We've we've grown up in churches where we come along, we sit here, I feed you something or somebody else does, and you go away and you say, well, that was nice, and it stays in here most of the time. And so we build people who are totally dependent upon... it's, it's, It's criminal. God wants us all to play. He wants us all to be part of these things. And they're really, really simple truths. The promised land was an outrageous dream to the people who were slaves. They would not have been able to comprehend what it was like to own a house, to farm the soil, and to live in a place where they were free. So if you can't imagine what it would be like for you to be healed, or you to be over this issue that's been plaguing you all your life, you're in good company. Most people can't. And God says, well, so what? I'm able to do exceedingly more. Step in. And so they stepped into the promised land. And You see, the thing you can't do is try and work it out all the time. Those people sent, Joshua sent spies into the promised land and they went to a woman's house called Rahab. And Rahab was a prostitute. And Rahab said, we are all terrified of you because we've heard the reputation of the Israelites and the God who looks after them. The people in the land were not terrified of the Israelites. They were terrified of the God who kept watch over them. What are Christians meant to be? You read in the New Testament in Acts, the people gathered together in the temple and people were afraid to join them because the power of God was among them. The Christian church is meant to be a place where people are in awe of the work of God that happens. At this point, the Christian church is is more like a graveyard we just don't like to visit. Well, the answer is in the mirror as we look into it. Am I as somebody who's making somebody hungry for God or am I somebody who's sending them to the grave? If God's so great, what's he doing in you? If God's so great, how is he bubbling out in you? If God's so great, let me taste the grapes. We get offended by that language because you go, I don't like it to be that clear. I want it fudged so that you can't come along and say, why isn't there any fruit? And I want an excuse. There isn't one. You're either fruitful or you're not fruitful. And if you're not fruitful, it's an issue with you, not God. It's not a judgment call. It's just you do the same in gardening. If a weed started pleading with you, you wouldn't go, oh, shame. You'd pluck it out. So stepping in. I'm going to leave it there other than to say this. They walked into, they crossed the Jordan River, they walked into the Promised Land, and then they had this crazy thing of walking around. Um, they were given this gift, and the first thing that happened when they walked into that land was they came against opposition, and they had to walk around Jericho. They had never, ever done that before. They said, well, walk around Jericho every day for six days, and the seventh day, walk around seven days and shout. Men, women, children, everybody, and see what God will take down those walls. I want to ask you something. Are you still trying to work out how God is going to work in your life and in the church and everything around you? Are you still working it all out? Because if you are, I bet you there's not much fruit going on. Because you're way too anal and way too controlling. Because God will not do it like you think he can do it. You've got to have a sense of humor listening to me with this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry when you and I come up against God, we don't look so good, alright? Get over it. But what has happened? If you've grown up in churches, what has happened? All the, all the miracles of God. David and Goliath walking on water, the fish swallowing, What Jonah. What happens to all those stories? Jericho. Wrote, the Jericho you know, story. What happens to them all? They all go to Sunday school for children. And the adults go, isn't that a nice action story for the children? And God's saying, it was actually meant to be an action story for the adults. And it still is. So the good news is that God has amazing things for you and for me. Still. Still. He has unbelievable things ahead if we risk going into a future with him, even if we don't know what it means or what it looks like. If we're willing to hang out with Jesus and trust him, and we're willing to trust one another as ways that he speaks to us about working out our own lives. I didn't come back from the conference with a picture. I did come back with a declaration. I believe that God very, very seriously, when I'm talking about coming up here to worship, when I'm talking about stepping out of our seats, I'm not speaking lightly. I believe that, the, that God will release his spirit in healing and in new uh, ways in this church as we very, very seriously do that. I believe the declaration of the, over this church right now is there will be a season of breakthrough and victory if you trust me and become foolish for me. And therefore, the, the picture I have and I've had for the last two, two weeks, and it will be a declaration out of Isaiah as well, is of us doing something foolish today. So if you're here today, you're really lucky. I'm being serious. It's fun and foolish and serious. When the people went into the promised land, all the men got circumcised. So we're going to circumcise everybody today. Um, it was a token. It was a symbol of bl- the blood sacrifice. It was a symbol of the cross. Because Jesus went to the cross, we don't need to get circumcised, thank God. Uh, but we do need grace. We do need, you know, we do need the blood of Jesus to give us the entranceway in. So I believe that God wants us, and, and I'm offering this, but I'm giving a lead on it, to do a prophetic action today to walk into the promises that he has for us. There are two parts to it. The one is, and you can relax, this really isn't as bad as you might think it is, but um, it's, it's fun. The first part is sharing in communion, a shortened form of communion, which is the blood sacrifice. It's the grace. And I would invite everybody here, whoever you are, if you are open to God and just say, God, I want to know you better. You're welcome to come and share in, in this meal. It's bread and wine. We just come and receive it and say, God, thank you that you have done something that enables me to do anything else after that. Does it make sense? It's like the Passover lamb. We're just acknowledging it. And the second thing we do is when we've all done that, I'm going to, that uh, we're going to walk around this place. Twice. The first time, and we're going to have some music playing, and you'll know the music. The first time we'll walk around in silence, and we'll bring to God anything that we have that we need breakthrough for. It might be our relationship with him. In fact, I would suggest the more personal you can make it, the better. In other words, don't walk around and say, God, please change John. You know, it would be sort of like, yeah, it's all right, but it's really not the point. (laughs) I mean, we'll agree on that right now and say amen, and then we can get that out of the way. All right? Um, But we walk around, and we're walking around for our own personal breakthrough. And why we're walking around is because, and some, you know, I know there's people here who need healing. We'll walk around and say, Lord, I just want to walk around uh, and, and, and say, Jesus, I'm bringing my need for healing to you. And I, and I want to step into something new, all right? And the second time round is we 're walking around as a body, as a church, saying, "Lord, we want to see breakthrough through this whole church, and we 'll sing the song at that point that 's going to be playing." And I want to encourage you also that once you 've taken communion, that you pick up a flag, that all these flags need to be carried today. These flags are symbols. God often works prophetically. In other words, you act out things. And uh, it's fun. It's really actually not an intense thing at all. It's meant to be fun. But I'm trying to give you a real explanation for why. Because there's some times where we just have to go and do things. And be children, be foolish, and see what happens. Alright? Are you with me? Are you okay with this? It's really cool. And I've asked for the Sunday school to come back so we can do this. So. Um, let's sing a song and then we'll let's pray first. Let's just, yeah, thank you for calling them. And just bring to the Lord, as, just as we wind down here, bring to the Lord whatever's on your heart right now. I mean, there's some of us, we're very tired. I mean, we, we're trying to push those grapes out and man, they're just prunes and it's not fun. And some of us have just got leaves. And some of us haven't got anything at all. And God just says to us this morning, you are deeply loved. Yes, you. You are deeply loved. I'm not angry with you, but I'd like to get my hands on you because I can help. So I'm meeting you at the airport this morning, wherever that is for you. And I'm walking in your garden, wherever that is for you, and I'm saying, here I am for you. You don't have to do this on your own anymore. Or maybe you've just forgotten and you wandered off and whatever. And for some of us, we're scared by saying, oh man, if I let go, if I give you a chance, you're going to do all kinds of terrible things and send me as a missionary to Africa. And he says, no, I know you. Wherever I send you, you'll love to go. Don't be afraid. That's a lie from the devil. So Father, thank you for the promises you have that you have more land for us to grow into and occupy. As a church and as individuals, you also have enormous amounts more fruit that you want to release in our lives that will bring us great joy and also feed others and change their lives. And we know that we can't do this without you. We know that also for some of us there's a bit of pruning that you want to do. There's some things you're wanting to say, look, I want you to let go of that now. And Just help us to let go. Help us to not be afraid of the pruning because we can see what lies ahead, which is the harvest of a new day. So Holy Spirit, we just offer all these words to you and pray that you will breathe into them your life, your hope and your truth. And as we do this prophetic action together, we ask that your spirit will break open new territory and pour out in this place healing in a way we've never seen before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is going to do amazing things. God is going to do amazing things. God is going to do amazing things in this place and beyond this place and in your life. But you have to stand up. You have to step out. You have to respond. Because he can't dance with a stick. There's a, there's a word from the Lord right there. Okay, let's sing um, a song, Shout to the Lord. And then we'll carry on. Um... The declaration is very much like, you know, we're old vines and we've got all these old things on us and the old is passing away. It's from Isaiah, it's chapter 43. I pass it on to you, we were at uh, the mission church in Vacaville two weeks ago on Sunday and an Australian stood up and he gave this declaration about what God had convicted him about and was also saying, take this back with you. So in the foolishness of that, that's what I'm doing. But it ties in with this other vision of us wandering around here that was percolating already. And the words just walk into stuff, participation. So everyone, we're going to walk around this thing. um, But this is what the word of declaration is to this church. There is a season, we are right now going into the season of harvest and the season of breakthrough and the season of victory over stuff that we've been struggling with. I'm speaking that over this church in the name of Jesus. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not deceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That is a word for you as an individual and for this church. It's actually a word for any church that wants to receive it. But that's what we're living in right now. And we're walking around here, just as that girl sang and said, "Lord, we're going to walk around and we're going to walk into this until we're living it." But God's word to us is, "I am the Father. I am the Gardener. Abide, remain, and walk in faith, and I will give you that promised land. The, the Jericho will collapse." Do you believe that? <laughs> Somewhat, but He'll increase it. So, as we're walking around the first time, everybody come onto this side, please. Let's walk around together. So everybody come around. Children, every single person in this building. Enjoy this thing. Don't be serious. It's actually a, a lot of fun. I've got to ask Carol to come here for one minute, please. Everybody come to this side except Carol is going to come over here. I want to ask Carol a thing or two. Alright, you, you can hold up. You all, everybody has, well, a lot of you have flags. This is the part that... uh, Just just really listen right now, because this is actually really important. Everything I say is really important, but this is really important. If you're holding a flag, look at that flag. We haven't given these flags out. We just said, choose them. Every single flag has a meaning. And part of the prophetic walk right now is the flag you're holding is god speaking to you about something that he wants to give you more of hear me really really clearly pay attention whatever you're holding right now god wants to give you that which that flag represents in increasing measure carol's going to tell us what the meaning of the colors are please
1: Hey, okay, and if you're not holding a flag could you just t- t- pick a color
0: yeah, absolutely. Thank Whatever you.
1: Whatever color you would have liked to pick. Could you just pick that right now?
0: That's a good... That's cool. Everybody got a color? Because then that'll be your prophetic word. That's cool. Thank mm-hmm.
1: you. Okay, I am... Um, maybe you could just put them down a little bit. And I'm going to start with the green flag, which Ken Sigmiller is holding. So if you can hold that up high. Um, green is a symbol of new life. It's a symbol of... um growth, of newness. God is going to bring new things and He can take anything that's dead and old and withered and He will bring new life. And it's fresh and it's young and has many, many years ahead. And that's for you. And um, maybe the white flag there's just one here today. Symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Comforter. It's a symbol of, um, well, God's Spirit comes and wraps around us. It's everything we need is, is enveloped in the Spirit of God. And so it's a symbol of His Spirit. It's a symbol of purity. It's a, a symbol of um, just the wind of God coming and bringing. Uh, his his purity and his uh, I don't, what's the word? I lost the word but um,
0: <sighs> righteousness.
1: Yeah, righteousness. Okay, we need to move because yeah. okay. we will. We'll I'll be clean. quick. <laughs> okay. This is actually um,
0: this. She's operating in a prophetic gift right now. So we pray, Holy Spirit, just give her the words because this is very very cool, and I just want to affirm that.
1: Okay, we have some rainbows in here. We have at least three rainbows. Can you hold them high? Okay, that's a symbol of God's promise. Bev, you're holding one. God's promise. God has promises for you guys that He is, you know, and, and they're absolute. They're absolute. There's no bending. God is steadfast and sure, and it's absolute. He's promised you things, and He's got promises for your future, and it will come to pass. And so when we see the rainbow, we always think of God's promise. Mm -hmm. And it's something that never moves, never changes. It is absolute. And uh, how about the fire? We have two fires.
0: Fire of God.
1: We, We talk about the fire of God coming, and it burns away the things that are unimportant. And it brings purity, and it brings passion. And, and it's about passion in our lives for God that that moves and drives us on and, and pushes us because of that um, it's intense it's very intense and God's passion will come to your life and bring that intenseness that wants to just go forward in great power and victory okay so um, the blue flags symbol of water symbol of refreshment um, God brings His refreshing spirit to our lives. It's uh, it brings life. So where you're feeling dead or you're feeling like things aren't moving, God's the water of God. We ca- we say rain down on us. He's going to rain down and bring refreshment, and it's just going to bring such newness and life and just hope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have the gold flags gold flags for me it's authority it's about the kingdom of god it's it's uh the kingdom of god coming here we we ask god for his kingdom to come here and it's a, it's a holiness and it's absolute authority that god gives us that we are part of that kingdom and it's and it's about taking ground we have authority to take ground um we and it's not so much about Fighting the enemy as it is declaring his kingdom so it's stand on those promises those those absolute uh, kingdom principles it's of also authority
0: it's also authority in terms of what you inherit as a son and daughter of God. yes it's very it's a very key identity authority as well yes
1: for sure and that's also um, the purple flags which are for royalty It's acknowledging the royalty, that God is king, and not only that, but we are his sons and daughters. We are heirs to his throne, that we are royalty, and that, you know, and it doesn't just give us permission to come into his throne room, but we can actually go and sit on his lap, and we can say, Dad, this Mm -hmm. is what I need, and you know what? He's going to give it to you because you're his favorite kid. That's the kind of royalty. We can just walk right up to Him, face to face, and say, God, this is what I need right now. And I think there's one more, the red flags, which red flag. well, will include like burgundy, pink, red, those colors, okay? So this is a symbol of the blood of Christ. It's a symbol of His finished work on the cross. It's absolute, it's perfect, and everything comes under it. So it doesn't matter what the past has been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It all can come under that blood of Christ, and it brings power. Because, I mean, it's just finished. It's it's complete in what it is. It's complete. So everything can come under the blood of Christ and be made new, be cleansed, be made whole. And there's great power in that.
0: Great. Thank you. That's exciting. Promises that you have... Even those, well, all of us have. Now, we're going to walk around the first time and we're going to be silent. We'll listen to the music and we'll walk around and we'll we'll just be praying to the King, our Father. uh, Lord, thank you for what you're giving me right now. Thank you that you are faithful. I'm wandering around here like a little grape and I need you. But I thank you that you've given me authority, you've given me promises, you've given me all that... Right, And the second time round, we're a multicolored group because we're saying together we represent all that God wants. We're a tribe of Israel, basically. And so we're praying, Lord, will you use this little tribe to begin to break open new doors in this valley? Right? You ready to go? It's cool. Father, release your spirit, we pray as we do this. We do this prophetically and we do this with joy. Is the sound on for this? Oh, wait, it's not even plugged in. We've got everything ready except I didn't plug it in. Can somebody help me here, please? It's not connected up to the computer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. You sure you're ready? Can't hear anything yet. You need it on no, it's only one to plug it in. We're gonna we're gonna do this. This is just mischief. Oh, did you you not <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Thank you. All right, faith is rising. Let's go. so Lord we just walk with you by the spirit into this new part of the promised land let's go the first time round come before the Lord with your stuff as we come into the completion of our first lap, we can start singing as we sort of worship God and say, let's take more ground, bless you for what you're doing. So Father, I thank you for that. We bless you, Father, that you are faithful and we pray for anyone who needs healing. We pray the healing spirit of Jesus over us, over this church, breaking ground with healing. In the name of Jesus. For any discouragement, release a spirit of encouragement. Authority. Just a few minutes, press into whatever it is you're wanting God to release in you. Just hang in with it a little bit. Celebrate! That you are able, Lord, to do exceedingly more. We're going to get a little passionate this morning. Bless you, Father. We're desperate enough to be foolish. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Will you just pour through the vines that are here, releasing fruit? Thank you, Lord. Prune away the stuff that's getting in the way. No more fear. Thank you, Father. Receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Receive, receive. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for your encouragement. We pray that today and for this week we will see and know something new in our spirits. And we pray that we will remain with you, Jesus. Confident that you live in us irrespective of the circumstances around us. Patiently participating, expectant for more. So I pray that for each one of us as we go from here, we will be expectant that the living God is going to be leading us, guiding us, working in us this week. May the blessing and power of the risen Lord Jesus rest upon us and rest upon you, rest upon our families. This day, this week and forevermore. Amen.